Before we get today's episode started, I would like to give a special thanks to the Rowan University men's soccer team, along with Connor Brown and the Rowan University field hockey team for supplying all of the content for this week's episode courtesy of Huge Group Interviews. Leo, cue the intro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Danny Ryan, as we debrief a wild weekend of sports here on the campus of Rowan University. Five NJAC championships to tell you about and a few interviews coming your way as well in this episode. But first and foremost, as I mentioned, a wild weekend this past weekend in Rowan University sports. Not only did Rowan Field Hockey clinch an NJAC championship? Men's soccer, they also clinched an NJAC championship. Women's soccer, they joined in on the fun clinching their own NJAC championship alongside women's volleyball who punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Although they were dominant all season long, that championship affirms the ticket. However, women's volleyball did lose in their first NCAA tournament match, eliminating them from the tournament altogether. Definitely a great run by the women's volleyball team, but they just couldn't get it done uh, in the first game of that tournament. So just a terrific run, and we want to give a huge shout-out here from Rowan Radio to the women's volleyball team for their effort and accomplishments this season. And last but certainly not least for the NJAC championships that were won this past weekend, men's cross-country. What a terrific job to clinch the NJAC championship and bring home five, the first time ever done in NJAC New Jersey Athletic Conference history. Of course, it comes courtesy of the Rowan University profs. Now, without further ado, let's send it right over to the men's soccer and Jack champions and Connor Brown as he sat down for a group interview with a number of players from the team. Take it away, Connor. So for this edition of the Rowan Sports Review, I have men's soccer stars in with me today. Dylan Apatella, Alex Ferreira, and Gil Ferreira. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, thank you. You guys had uh, practice earlier. How did, how did it go? Yeah, no, it was a little bit of a lighter session. We kind of just worked on some set pieces, corner kicks, did a little bit of system play, but nothing too crazy. So you guys just take it easy on off day? Or have you guys been taking it easy all week with the big weekend coming up? Or Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, every practice is pretty good, but it's like nothing crazy. So I want to go back to the NJAC championship game last Friday. Uh, first of all, congrats. It was one hell of a game. And, you know, I I just want you guys to tell me more about how that momentum switched. Because I felt like early on, Montclair State held a lot of the uh, the early advantage when it came to more serious goal scoring opportunities, but then obviously in the last, I mean, 20 minutes, you guys just erupted. So just, you know, take me through Friday night. We, we knew that they're uh, really good at possession, and we knew that our goal was to keep our system the way we've been working. We said, okay, we'll let them have the ball for however, uh, the first 20, the first 40, whatever it was, and we just played how Rowan really plays, just kept our system until we tired them out. So the second half was a lot different. Their chances weren't that crazy, so we're, we knew what we were doing, and we were doing it well. Second half came, we kind of their legs started getting heavy, and that's when we system really came into play. We counterattacked, and definitely were the better team second half, and had the more dangerous chances. 
Could you kind of expand on anyone can hop in with this? You know, what, what do you mean by the, by the, the Rowan system? Because, uh, you know, obviously I've gotten to talk to you guys a lot during the season. I've gotten bits and pieces of kind of what you're talking about. Could you guys just kind of expand on that and, you know, what that really means? Yeah, I think like the Rowan system is kind of play soccer, like more like keeping the ball, like passing possession. And then on defense, kind of just like keep our shape. Like we dictate what our opponents are going to do. Like we don't let our opponents dictate what we're going to do. Yep. We press as a unit and we try to force mistakes. And then we punish the other teams with our mistakes. And as we saw in the NJAC finals, we dictated the game at the end of the fifth like the last 15 minutes and it uh it worked well for us and we got three goals so. Dylan you I mean you had a big season a uh, big NJAC playoffs as well you had 15 saves only allowing you know that one goal in against Ramapo you know how, how do you just stay composed though in those big moments when you're going against the conference best and they have their backs against the wall um I just gotta say it's confidence just stepping up to the plate like not turning your back down or anything like we know that we were the best like from the start of that game, like, we all had our minds straight. We had that straight mindset of we're going to come out with a win. Like, there's no other way we're going to lose. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious what the Montclair State coach was thinking because he had another guy in goal. Yeah, he had the, the two goalies switch at half, which I was it, lost about It's that. two uh, – I know both of them. Two very good keepers at, like, a uh, very good level. And I've talked to players on that team, and they said that they can't even – they don't even know who's better. So, they, they just switch on and off. Oh. And I guess – Maybe first half he wasn't having his best game, so they said let's put in our other keeper who's just as good, and I guess it didn't work out for him as much. But yeah, could uh, either one of you guys expand on the performance of, of David? Because I mean that last <laughs> last fifteen minutes was crazy, amazing, absolutely. Like he definitely like changed the whole game. Definitely stepped up and was like sick and tired of like all right, we got to do something about this, and he did it. He's just so good on the ball. He's such a good like playmaker. And kind of reminds me of, like, Alex. Like, they're yeah. amazing on the ball, and it's so fun to watch. When you have guys like that on your team, like, it just relieves so much pressure, like, as a forward. If Davi scores there, my job is so much easier. Like, there's so much pressure that, like, I create on myself that just is just relieved when he does stuff like that. It's yeah. pretty remarkable for a freshman to be stepping up in those spots. Yeah. And another freshman I want to talk about was is Johnny because he had an assist in that game. But I, I also feel like he, he kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit with that, that miss that he had, you know, just right off the, the right cross. Yeah. Kind of tell me a little bit more about, about that duo and, and how they've, you know, helped you guys get to the point where you are right now. Yeah, no, um, Johnny's been killing it. He's a freshman as well. Um, he's a threat up top because of his speed. He's so fast. He also holds the ball up really well. So um, we look to play his feet. We also look to play in him in space because we know he has that, that speed up top. But him and Davi, like, they connect very well together. I feel like it's with Gil out wide and Davi and Johnny, it's all, like, three kind of different styles of play, but they all make it work, and they all have a good chemistry. But, yeah, he's been killing it, and that, um, as soon as he created that post shot, taking a lot of shots this season, he has a good shot. But as soon as that shot happened, it kind of did clear up the game, and we got more chances from that. So how, how do you guys tell the difference between Alex and Michael? I mean, it's it's almost impossible when you just kind of look them, look at them, you know, uh, face to face. Uh, you know, what, what what really tells them apart? I look at their cleats on the field. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing. It's in the moment. I'm like, I can't look at their face. I can't look at their hair. I'm like, Mike's got blue cleats. Alex got black cleats. Easy enough. I don't know how the freshman can do it because when I was a freshman, oh my gosh. Oh, I thought we were talking about on the field. Like in general, just in, no, general, just in general, or, or even on the field, like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. In general, I, I got it locked down. It's simple now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Their eyebrows. There's, yeah, like people say, there's a bunch of little pre uh, little differences. Eyebrows, um, freckles, uh, uh, personality is a big one. Like there's, and then when you want to know on the field, 
it's things like cleats, which is huge, mm-hmm. our number, and our position. So w- what has it been like, the experience, you know, playing with your brother? Um, amazing. I've been playing with him since, like, as long as I've been playing the sport. And we've always played very similar positions, so we've always had that chemistry. We've always built it each year. It's gotten stronger and stronger. We have a great bond, and we're really close. But playing with him, it's just so fun because, like, when I get the ball, I always specifically look, look for him, and he always finds me. So I feel like we play better together. We look to just keep going throughout the national tournament. So I, I've been trying to pick up a lot more soccer since I started covering guys last year. Been trying to just learn some more of the nuances of the game. And, and Gil, I was going through looking at your stats. It's three goals on the season. Yeah. But I mean, your shot on goal percentage is, is out of out of the roof. And especially looking at, you know, the shots that you've had too, that it's third most on the team. How do you stay engaged when, you know, you, you're getting accurate shots up, but they're, they're just not, you know, hitting the back of the net? It's tough, you know, like... As a forward, like, you always want to score goals. Like, you always want to be the man to step up. But, like, I think as long as, like, we're winning together, my stats don't matter. Like, I just care about winning, and I care about, like, the team success overall. Obviously, like, I do wish I had a little bit more goals, a little bit more assists. It doesn't matter when you're lifting the Jack Trophy. So it's just, like, confidence and just, like, being positive, like, that self-talk. Keep pushing. Keep telling yourself. It'll it'll go back in the net, like, eventually. You, you can't, like, quit. So just, like, that m- positive mindset. So, I mean, as long as the team winning right yeah exactly you know? i mean that, that, that's that rowan system you were talking mm-hmm. about as a as a whole instead of individuals dylan you know I, I pushed to get you labeled in the uh in the paper as uh he's him yeah and they're <laughs> they pulled through so i was able to do that i i've i've written you about you a little bit in the paper but uh you know getting down here to sit and talk to you could, could you just take me through your journey you know starting off the season as the fourth string you know working your way up into the position that you're at now i mean it's been a whole like roller coaster, honestly. Like with Che, Thomas, and Jason, very all very great keepers. Mm-hmm. Like we all love each other. We're all always competing against each other. But just being placed as the fourth keeper in the beginning of the year, it wasn't like a bullet or anything. It was like, all right, that means you just gotta work harder and work better than everyone else. And honestly, I kept that in the back of my mind. Pushed through it, kept fighting, kept working, and then Finally, the coaches saw that maybe he'll give me a chance, and the chance came. I grabbed it, and it just went straight up from there. When was the moment that you knew that? Because I imagine at first there was a little bit of thought in the back of your head. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to start the next one because of kind of the rotation you just talked about earlier on in the season. So what was the moment where you, where you said, I made it? So after my second starting game, keeping the two shutouts, keeping the whole got a lot of goals up and everything. I'd say that's probably where I was like, all right, I think I locked it in. Early on in the season when we played Mount St. Vincent, I, I got that starting spot too. I was really stoked about that, really happy. And then the next game, Chase started that game. So I was like, all right, maybe I might have done something wrong, but we work up from there. And now it's just starting, starting, starting. I'd say things have, you know, worked out pretty well. And I, I don't think it just stops with you either. It's really been the defensive backs as well, stepping up. Oh, Ryan yeah. Cleary, Mason Martelloni, Turlock Gartland, them on defense have, have really been stellar. Talk about them as well. Yeah, no, um, three uh, very technical guys as defenders. They have size with them that completely helps. Between the, literally the defensive triangle with Turlock, uh, Mason, and Clary, it's like, it's just worked out. It's like they fit like a glove in our system. Like, uh, they know exactly where to be. 
They don't just uh, swing long balls. They play. They find the gaps. Me and Turlock, we play our defensive center mid together, and he's just he just has my back 24-7. Um, he finds me. I find him. The two duos, the center backs, they've been killing it. Uh, they're part of these shutouts just like uh, Dylan is. Really, I couldn't ask for better def- deep defenders, and they're just very dangerous with head balls in the areas while I'm taking the corner kicks. I know to look forward to those three. They're involved in all the plays. But, yeah, they just each game they're getting better and better, and they're fitting in our system better and better. What's the scouting report on Middlebury looking like for Saturday? When we when I saw that we were playing them, I looked up looked into them a bit. Um, they have a ten four and three record, but their strength of schedule is very very difficult, and they play the top teams in the country. I know they beat ba- Bauer doing Bowie doing how you pronounce it. They tied Amherst to a top in the country. They have really good teams. They really like their set pieces, so long throw-ins, free kicks. So those are the things we got to watch out for. They're ranked 20 in the nation, very strong team, and I think it's a team that we cannot sleep on or else we'll take the loss for immediately. So Yeah, I think they're like a NESCAC team, like really athletic physically. If we come out, have we've been starting these games and playing our system, playing the wrong way, it's just going to be another win, and we're just going to keep rolling through the tournament. But, you know, this, this first game is probably like one of the biggest games all year, and like Coach has been re- uh, like saying that all, like over and over again, mm-hmm. it's – this is the biggest game. So we just got to come out strong and come out with that passion, that fire that we have been. As a forward, you know, how do you kind of change your game when you're playing against a, a more physical team? Just use my speed. And uh, I'm not like the biggest guy. I'm 6'2", like 190. Okay, I'm big. But these center backs are also <laughs> just as big. Or maybe they mm-hmm. might be even stronger. But I know that I had that, that uh, advantage with my speed. So I just got to use that and just take it down. I just have to ask one Chad Yates question because I, I feel like he gets yeah, a lot of love yeah, in the wit and a lot of other things. A lot of ways it, it's deserved too because, I mean, he's had a stellar season. Mm-hmm. You know, Just tell me about his role as, as, as a leader this year and how he still gotten better as, as yeah. a senior. He's just been pushing all of us, honestly. Like Every single day, every practice, he's like, all right, like it's that fun in games, but when we come to practice, like it's full focus, like nothing else but practice. Yeah, no, he's always been a leader. I've played with him. This is my fourth year, or well, technically third uh, actual year, but I've played with him for four years. And right away, you could tell he was just like a leader. Uh, he's always talking, didn't care how old he was, how young he was. He was always the one leading the team with his playmaking ability, with his communication skills. He's he's always assisting, scoring, helping the team in any way possible. He's always in good spots. He holds up the ball for us. He could play anyway. He could play up top. He could play out wide. We put him, uh, in, he's at the 10 right now. He's played defensive center mid. He's a very versatile player player a fun player to play with and he's always got your back so I think that I'm honored to play with him and I can't wait to see what he can do in the national tournament he's clutch he's yeah. super clutch yeah he's like one of those guys he's just good at everything <laughs> it's so fun to play with him and honestly he's just such a great like character in our team like he's he always has a joke he always makes people laugh and like he always makes like everything so like comfortable he's he's just such a pleasure to play with and like such a great guy like off the field too yeah that's so Wilby, obviously, you know, retired from the team about midway through the season. Take me through that obstacle of replacing, you know, your, your leading scorer last year. It's tough. Like, last year playing with him, he was a huge, huge help. Like, with his speed, his strength, his scoring ability, his skill, like, all around just a great player. Him leaving halfway through the season, it was like... Heartbreaking because like we're losing such a good, valuable player, and now we got to find another one who can take his spot. And I mean, some of the freshmen, Davi, Johnny, like they've stepped up to the plate and they've shown that they can handle themselves and own up to taking that spot. Yeah, no, he um 
he, I mean, he said it. He's the fastest player I've ever played with and the strongest player I've ever played with. So, I mean, there were times where we were just like, okay, let's send it long and let's play him because we, when we're in doubt, like, he can hold the ball up for us and no one's taking it from him. So he was a huge help for us. But when he quit, we were like, okay, like, let's not put our heads down, you know? Like, we have other options and we need to adapt. And I think we did a great job in adapting, especially with these young guys. And, yeah, I just think it's been, it's been going well as of now, clearly. We've adapted well enough, but losing someone like him is definitely – tragic and i think we worked well around it i have gotten to talk to coach baker quite a bit the past two seasons and uh, i mean he, he's awesome I, I really enjoy every time i talk to him he there'll be times where he'll have me like fired up for no for no reason oh, yeah. you know um tell, tell me what type of coach is he is, is he players coach he's just everything like he could be your best friend but he can also be that guy you're like damn like it's just like that's it it's just like oh so there's like a, a switch sometimes. Yeah, no, he's a uh, he expects a lot from you, you know. So, but he's a guy that you like. You're happy to play for. You want to play for him because I've never had coaches in playing my sport or who, who like who wanted to win as bad as he did. So it's like this guy wants to win so bad he can't want to win more than the players. So then it's like you want to play for him. You want to play for the program. He's always sending messages, making you feel good about yourself. And he's a humble guy. And in terms of coaching, he he's this is I think his tenth year. He's been through it all. He has a winning mentality, and you can see through uh, past ten years of this program that he's made it work, and he he continues to make it work with his mentality. Yeah, he's like he's fun to play with or play for. I'm sorry, but um, like what Alex said, like he's always texting us he's sending you motivational messages I he's like sending you like instagram clips that he finds dms a day and I love yeah it. like a bunch of dms like your phone is always buzzing in yeah you look like, at your phone it's yeah. just scott baker sends a message <laughs> like you think it's like your girlfriend no it's it's scott, baker. <laughs> scott. like he's sending you texts like 2 a.m oh like. my god yeah <laughs> no. but like it just shows that he's like a competitor he loves to win like he really cares yeah he cares a lot and the reason why I think we all came here to Rhone is he has that mindset that, like, he, we're here to win. Like, he just loves it, and he takes care of us. So I'm just so happy to play for a guy like that. Tell me more about the hard hat award that you guys give out after each game. It, it, that's your, your player of the game? MVP, player of the game. Someone who basically... Yeah, puts their all in, like, goes all out for the team, honestly. He's Mr. Hard Hat. I like one or twice. And, hey, we got Mr. Hard over here, too, like, maybe 12 times. Come no, on. no, it's just... You, uh, you haven't got one, Gil, yet? I've gotten yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, these guys one, are yeah. beating oh, okay. me. These guys are beating no, me. No, um, it's just... It's a nice reward. Um, when you're playing on the field and you have a good game, you're always thinking, like, oh, maybe I can win that, you know? It definitely makes you feel good. It makes you fight, like, you because you really want to get the hard hat. You get shouted on Instagram. It's not necessarily, oh, who was the best player of that game. Usually it is, but it's also other factors, like, who gave it their all, like, who worked the hardest, who put everything in they had into this program and into this win, you know? So it's it's definitely a cool thing that other teams don't do. You know, I don't want to focus on next year yet because you guys still have another season ahead of you with the NCAA is coming up. But could you give me a little preview with next year? Because I, I just feel like there's a lot of excitement already building towards next year with, you know, a lot of young guys, including both of you, you know, returning. Yeah, I mean, next year, we're losing a lot of valuable, valuable players. Basically, every single senior we're losing is an extremely valuable player. We just got to find what works best for us next year as well. Like replacing Alex, Chad, Mike, Jake, Mark, Luke, everyone. It's going to be tough, but I know that with Baker as our coach, he'll definitely find a way to make our team definitely work and maybe even become better. I just, I just want to hop in real quick before I have you answer, Gil. I mean, how, how crazy is it with Luke playing with a broken ankle? Absurd. 
And he's still playing well, too. Like, when he goes out, he's not playing his normal position because of that. But he's playing um, he's playing in a midfield position, and he's keeping the ball very well. And in, and every time I'm on the field, I'm like, is this guy still playing? Like, that's it's crazy. But he just shows you that he's got that mindset. He's got that dog in him, and he, he'll just keep going. Yeah, that's crazy. Go if you want to. Yeah, for next year, I mean, it's going to be tough. Dylan said, like, we're going to have to find missing pieces to our puzzles. We did the same thing this year. Like, we had a huge team yeah. of 14 incoming freshmen. You know, guys are, like, competing for spots. And I think next year we're, we're going to have to be way better, stronger. We're going to have to be more – we're going to have to gel together. And just I think we still have some some things to finish and some, some more games to win and hopefully get to uh, the NCAA finals and win it. But, yeah, like, I think next year is going to be – exciting so who's someone that didn't get a lot of run this year that you're looking forward to you know in, in the coming years there at Rowan I think Ari Ari Barreto Ari I, I can see Sal mm-hmm. Junie has been honestly he might not have gotten the chance this year but the work he puts in and probably over the summer and the spring too next year he can actually be an absolute animal on the field probably yeah he's got a really good mindset and very good he, he, he just doesn't give up so I, I think he'll He'll, next year, he'll definitely come strong. Like as a freshman, he's already got like that leadership mindset, which is insane and absolutely what we need to. Yeah, one other guy that I think that could really be very useful next year is Ryan Gale. Like I've been trying mm-hmm. to take him under my wing and just like show him like and lead him the way like the other guys, the other upperclassmen have done to me. I think he can be like one of those stars for us. And he's still freshman. He he's he just turned eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's like a little he's still a little kid, but you know he's so fun to play with, and he's he's got like a lot of talent. But yeah, he's got to work, and you know he's we we got to take him under under our wing and just show him like hey like this could be you like. Let's do this, man. So I, I want to ask each one of you this this question individually. I want to hear your responses. Why should you be considered a serious threat this year in the NCAAs? I think that's actually a very easy question to answer. I think the way we turned around our season, teams probably look at our record 11-5-5. Five, five. They're probably like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty good team. But they're not looking at our recent form. I think the second half of the season, after the Montclair lost 3-0, we completely turned it around. Seven out of the past eight games were shutouts. We are unbeaten in eight games. And we're literally flowing. We're finding our rhythm. And we found it at a perfect time. So I think we're a big threat because we literally have just been doing the same things in practice. And I think we're going to continue doing that in these games. And as you could see, we are the better team every single time we pop out. Um, we're, I feel like we're one of the sleepers. So I f- uh, we're really going to be proving teams wrong. Uh, no one should underrate us. I think after the Montclair State game, you guys are 6-0-2 with a 20-1 to goal scored, goal allow um, ratio, which is you know not bad. I, I don't know what, what happened with that one goal you know, with, with Dylan. But uh, yeah, no, it's all me. It's all my fault. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, you, you guys, since Monk, you just absolutely flipped a switch. And I, I thought it was really kind of poetic justice that it kind of came full circle in the Anjak Championship back mm-hmm. there where you guys beat them this time 3 yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, going back to that 20 goals to one goal allowed, that's – I feel like that's really scary. Like, other teams looking at that, they're like, in maybe eight games, usually people score one, two goals a game. We had five goals, four goals, four goals, probably for three games straight. Like, it's, like, teams look at that and they're like, wow, they're lethal. They can put pressure up and they can hold their back line amazingly, too. So I think that's, like, a huge thing that's going to help us in the NCAA, too. It's like, we're well-rounded everywhere. Our up top is amazing. Our back line's amazing. Everywhere we are, like, after the Montclair game, Alex said, we just flipped the switch. We changed everything. And now it's, like, our full focus is, like, win, win. We haven't peaked yet. We have not <laughs> peaked yet. And it's 
it's not about who's the best in the beginning of the season. It's who's the best at the end, who can win those six games. And I think, yeah, we've won, we've played so well at the end of the NJX, but I think we haven't played our best soccer yet. And it's going to happen now, and this is our time. And we all know that. And also, like, we, have s- we have so many threats. We don't have one guy who's going to score for us. It's collectively, it could be him, Alex. It could be me. It could be Davi. It could be Chad. It could be John. Like, we, like I can list so many guys that mm-hmm. could just turn up for us. It's not just one guy, so teams are gonna they're gonna be worried. Like it's not just one guy; it's collectively, it's our entire front line. And you're gonna have to yeah. worry about the defensive backs yeah. with you know yeah. Gartland and and Martelloni getting uh, yeah. two goals apiece this year. Yeah, those guys are threats in the air, like especially off set pieces. Like they get they're like they get a great ball in the box, they're putting it in. Like they're such a threat in the air, so. That's, like, my debate. Like, we haven't peaked yet, and we have so many threats that can, <laughs> like, finish teams this year. I call them my Giants. They're basically my two Giants. <laughs> You're not lying. I mean, what, <laughs> what, what, Gar- Garland's 6'5", and the rest of them are, like, 6'2", 6'3". 6'3", yeah. Good luck getting past them, man. That's, that's like, an iron wall out there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's so fun playing for, like, people who really care and who, like, constantly give you that reassur- reassurance and, like, that positive support, like, when you come and play here in uh, Glassboro, like, when we play at home, it's, like, the best feeling when you have the entire student section and people, your family, just cheer you on. It's so fun. We can't, like, thank them enough. The only way we can do it is just playing these games with everything we got. Alex said, it's do or die. Like, we just got to leave it all out there and make these people proud. It's just, it's the least we can do for them. You know, they give so much to us, and all we have to do is just win and play soccer, so... Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. I mean, it's a, been a blast covering you guys on the WIT this year. I'm really glad we actually got to sit down and talk yeah. a little bit more. Leaning towards making the trip up to Stevens this weekend, I still have to figure out if anyone's going to broadcast with me for that game or not. Thank you guys for coming in. It was Alex Ferrara, Dylan Apatella, and Gil Ferreira. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Always nice to catch up with the men's soccer team here at Rowan University, and Connor Brown did a terrific job with that interview, really just picking the guy's brain ahead of their first NCAA tournament game this season against number 20-ranked Middlebury. They'll be taking Middlebury on at Stevens College in Hoboken, New Jersey at 3.30 p.m., and Connor Brown will be traveling to that game to call it live from Stevens College. So make sure you're tuning in to Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM for live play-by-play coverage of that matchup against Middlebury as Connor will provide you with all the information you need for their first NCAA tournament game. And now, following that interview, we have another interview on the way for you. Connor Brown in an exclusive interview with a surplus of players from the Rowan field hockey team as they came in to spend an evening here at Rowan Radio. But before we do that, and before we preview everything you need to know about Rowan field hockey's first NCAA tournament game, let's check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food clothes or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. More Rowan Sports Review right after these messages as we send it back with an exclusive interview from the Rowan University field hockey team.
WGLS FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Coverage of Prof Sports on Rowan Radio is made possible in part by the Brown and Gold Gridiron Club. The Gridiron Club is composed of former participants and supporters of the RUGSC football program, whose goal is to bridge Rowan's athletes' past, present, and future. If you would like to support the club, participate in Gridiron events, or would like more information, the email address is gridironclub at rowan.edu. The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club is proud to support Prof Sports on Rowan Radio. Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special every weekday starting at 7 a.m. Our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. All right. I've talked about it enough without further ado. Let's send things over to a pre-recorded interview with Connor Brown and the Rowan University field hockey team as he broke down everything you need to know ahead of their November 12th matchup at 11 a.m. against Christopher Newport University. Take it away, Connor. Well, on this edition of the Rowan Sports Review, I have field hockey stars in here with me today, Julia Caviccio, Rachel Stone, and Melissa Donaldson. How are you guys doing today? We're good. We're good. good. Just came you? from practice. How was practice today? I heard you guys might have gotten yelled at a little bit. Yeah, she's uh, she's working us hard because we have big games coming up, affecting a lot. You guys have a huge game coming up this weekend against Christopher Newport. Before we talk about you know the NCAA's, I definitely want to go back talk to you guys about winning the NJAC again uh, last week. One heck of a game, you know, one nothing. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys that. Just just take me through the game, kind of how how you guys felt throughout. It's a bit of a scary game. It was very back and forth, but we always knew that we had to win. So and the stroke really helped us because we just couldn't really get it in the back of the cage. So that really boosted our morale. Yeah, I felt like from like the second half, we knew it was going to be like a one goal game so we kind of just went to it and saying like we have to score first because I felt like whoever scored first was going to take the game there and then we just said we couldn't let a goal in and that's basically how the rest of the game went yeah TC and J is like one of our top competitors so we knew it was going to be like a big game and they were going to put everything they got into it and so we had to like really work together and just click. By the end of the game, we were getting our groove, and I think we played really well. If all going goes according to plan, you guys are going to play all home playoff games, this, this playoffs in the NCAAs. You know, just take me through what it's like to get that opportunity to play at home during, you know, the NCAA playoffs, and also your next opponent in Christopher Newport. Very exciting. We're usually on the road during these games. 
but you get home advantage, I think it's going to come into our hands like good for us. I always think it's fun to travel, but playing and winning on your own field is just such a better feeling, and it's just awesome to like actually be home for all of these games, which is really fun. Yeah, it's such like a unique opportunity. Like no other team has the opportunity to do this. So I think we have to realize just like what we have in front of us and just like take it home. Just take advantage of the home field and just show the other teams how good we play on our home field. So you guys, you know, have spent the season mostly with a, a high national ranking. Only, well, only a few weeks ago, we had Julia, uh, Christina, and Abby in here to talk about kind of like the pressures of, of being that, you know, highly nationally ranked. I'm just kind of curious how you guys feel about it, because when we talked to them about it, they, they were very excited about the opportunity. And I, I was just kind of curious if that was, you know, contagious to the whole team. Yeah, I feel like we understand that, like, we have a target on our back, but we still have, like, that underdog mentality. Like, we just come out, and we know everyone's gunning for us, so we just want to play our best and all work together and really get the wins. I think that pushes us even harder. Like, last year we were really good, too, but now that we have, like, we're ranked third, I think that just really puts, like, an X on our back, and, like, we know everyone's coming for us, and that just, like, pushes us even more to stay at that and, if not, get even better. Take me through your experience here at Rowan, beginning with Melissa and Rachel, you know, as seniors graduating this year, and then Julia, just tell me about your first two years here, which haven't been half bad, I'd say. Um, so me and Rachel came in as freshmen in the fall of 2019. So that was our first year. We did pretty well that year. We made it to Sweet 16s. So we kind of ended that season with like a chip in our shoulder. Like we wanted to go much further, but our season ended a little short. Our sophomore year was actually COVID. So we didn't have a season. So we were pretty much just practicing for a year straight. But it kind of made us better in a way. Like we practiced like our individual skills and we really got like close as a team, which was nice. And then last year was our junior year. We did well. We made it to the final four, also leaving with a chip on our shoulder, though. So I feel like this year, just coming into our senior year, like it's the year to just take it all home. We really just want to win out. We don't want to be left short of like the prize, and we just want to win it all. Yeah, so I, I came in after COVID, so when everybody was starting to like play with each other again. And I feel like that was more so an advantage for the freshmen because we didn't get to like experience that gap of not playing as a team. So when we won the chip my first year it was undescribable it was so so amazing now we're going for the going all the way this year and it's just just looking forward to it and another thing me and Rachel's freshman year we actually lost the NJAC to TCNJ and then this year obviously our senior year beating uh, TCNJ in the NJAC final just everything kind of came like full circle which was awesome we lost to them freshman year on their field so we yeah. got to beat them on our field which Awesome. So you guys played a lot of ranked opponents this year, you know, during the regular season. Just tell me kind of like what's that like heading into the NCAAs? Do, do you feel like it gives you any type of extra confidence or extra experience? I think that that boosts our confidence because we have seen those higher teams, but it still doesn't mean anything because we did, we still talk about how we lost to Salisbury, which they were ranked below us and then they surpassed us, which no team likes to lose, but in a way, like, it was good that we had that loss because then we could build from it. So now I think going into the tournament, like, we have a better look on things. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you, like, have to lose in order to, like, know what it feels like. And, like, when we lost Salisbury, it was, like, so gutting. It was just like, oh, my God. So it made us, like, work even harder. Yeah, we actually had um, a ranked game, I think, the second week of our season. We played um, Johns Hopkins, and at the time they were ranked above us. 
and we wound up beating them. So just from that start, that gave us such confidence. And like from that day, I knew like we were going to go far. We had the potential. We just had to do it. Julia, congrats on being first team all and Jack. As a sophomore, how does that feel, especially with so much time ahead of you here? It's amazing. I never really got to like experience that big of an achievement when they sent that out to everybody and everybody was like texting in the group chat like congratulations congratulations I was like what (laughs) I was like speechless it makes me like want to train even harder and just get better every day so Julia tell me how you know it feels having Abby behind you in goal and does that give you any added confidence to you know play more freely yeah Abby she always is communicating with me to like tell me where to go, who to mark, who to pass to. And uh, I just know if the ball does get past everyone, I can trust her. She's very good in the cage. She knows where to be. So she does, she boosts my confidence a lot. How would you guys, uh, you know, describe coach? Obviously you came in here telling me that she was yelling at you guys in practice, (laughs) which I don't really think is a bad thing before, you know, such a big game on Saturday, but just kind of describe her more and what she means to you guys. We love her. Yeah, she's awesome. Definitely this week's been challenging, but she needs to put the pressure on us for us in order to be successful this weekend. And practice is always great. She knows what the other teams are going to be doing, so we kind of set up practice in relation to that. And we're just really pushing hard this week to make sure we can come out strong and get the wins. She's such a great coach and person. Like, Like, she'll yell at us, and we'll be like, yeah, we're screwing up, like, fair enough she should yell at us but then like usually like in a couple days she'll (laughs) apologize because she feels bad so we know it's just coming out of love and she just wants us to do the best that we can yeah Mm -hmm. she she expresses her love for us and uh she knows that we love her too yeah and it's like a mutual respect she just makes us try our best all the time and if we're doing something wrong she'll correct us and she'll let us know that we're doing it wrong (laughs) so we can fix it in the future so this is more towards melissa and Rachel, because you got some more, you know, time to play here. I hope you guys get to make some more memories in, in the NCAA's coming up. You know, right now, for some reason, the season just ended out of nowhere. What what memory would you remember the most here at Rowan? Honestly, I think winning NJAX this past season, like not the season we're in right now, that was awesome too. But last year when we won, we obviously came out of COVID, so we didn't really know how we would be compared to the rest of the NJAC teams. And we also won in overtime, so that was a scary game too. And it was just such a great feeling. Like, everyone was, like, crying. Like, it was so awesome. And I think that's one of my best. Yeah, I would say definitely the same as Rachel. So, like, 2021's NJAC win was awesome. Um, Also, this year's NJAC would definitely be one of my favorite memories. And I would also say this year's senior day, um, we have eight seniors total, I believe. And it was just awesome, like, to all come together and, like, just as a team. It was just, like, a family out there, and it was, like, so memorable. Julia, do you, do you have any uh, favorite memory to share? Because um, I've asked, you know, five field hockey players now what their favorite memory is, and they've said the same exact oh thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm curious, you had it, have anything different? Making it to Final Four was really awesome last year. Oh, too. yeah. Going to Connecticut, that was a fun experience, and we got to stay in the hotel rooms. That was Yeah, that's probably up there. That's a good memory hanging out with the team in a hotel room, and then going to water turf, just battling it out. Also NJAX last year. It was very emotional, very fun. Um, Did did it change the way that you guys played it all this year, like from a a mental standpoint, when when you found out that you'd be hosting the Final Four? Yeah, I think all of us. So we weren't supposed to host until, what, 2024, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So And that just switched, and everyone's kind of thinking, like, this is the team, like, it's meant to be, like – we're all here, like, we've been playing so good together, so I think 
that also pushes us to like we really need to make it to the final four because it would be a little embarrassing if we didn't but (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's like perfect timing for all of us to be here and it's this is the team that's going to win it all right, so this doesn't really have to do with, you know, uh, playing or anything like that. Well, it does. It has more to do with, like, you know, the teammate and the chemistry in the, in the locker room. Um, who, who's, like, the biggest talker on the team? Christina Castagnola. <laughs> Rice. Oh, yeah? Rice, yes. Rice, yeah. okay. She knows um, how to pump us up. She has a... Yeah, many of times I've yeah, had to tell her to stop talking. Just calm down. It's not oh, worth yeah. it. She gives attitude to anyone. The refs, yes. <laughs> the other team, to us. The coaches, the coaches. <laughs> she will do anything to yeah. win. Yes, she just loves the game, so she's gonna be tough on anyone, yeah. which we all love. But mm-hmm. sometimes in the game, we're like, "All right, Rice, we're good, we're good." And then yeah, she gets carded. <laughs> <laughs> so she's definitely one to look out for, but she's great. We love her. So, what do you guys call her, Rice? Because I didn't get a chance to ask her this, and I, I didn't know that was her nickname until after. I am not something sure. with like her Twitter name. Like in high school, people just started calling her Rice. I think her her like Twitter Christina. name was like Rice Krispie Treats or something. Yeah, Chrissy Treats. I don't know. So that in high school, people just all started calling her Rice, apparently. And she came here. She was like, I'm Rice. And we're like, all right. And then we yeah, just went with it. Wasn't her first text in the group chat like, hi, guys, I'm Rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she will always just introduce herself in and the field yeah. world as Rice. And it's funny because we also call... Julia, which I don't think I've ever called you that. We call her Shaq. Yeah. Like, because when she, we have three Julias on the team. So when she came in last year, we were like, all right, we need something. We need something different. And she was like, well, people call me Shaq or Kevin, like Kevin Durant. (laughs) And we were like, Shaq, it is. And that's all I've called her since this day, which is funny. Yeah. Everyone calls me athletic (laughs) trainers. Does it just have to do with your height? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you guys are obviously uh, trying to accomplish the obvious heading into, you know, the playoffs, but are, are there any game plans, for, you know, in each game that you guys are trying to execute to hopefully come out on top? Um, I just think, like, constant communication and, like, passing. Like, our big thing now is, like, if something's not working, like, just pass the ball back, reset, see what's in front of us and go. So really just playing calm and, like, collective and, like, talking to each other, knowing we're there for each other because we truly do win as a team. We also have been working on our corners because we tend to get a lot of corners and not be able to execute on all of them. So we've been working on that so that we can score off of corners because that's what we look for when we get into the circle. Yeah. Um, our coach has just been like pounding communication on the field. Like that's like the biggest like no brainer for any sport. Just like communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what what is communication and, and stepping left? You know, look like on the field. Um, like from from your perspective or uh, from any of your perspectives. You know, what what are you telling your teammates? I well, I'm all the way in the back. So like you can you know when the communication's off because we're just not we just don't look like row and field hockey. We're playing very individual. And just not connecting on anything. So, like, I'm usually in the back, like, being like, talk, talk. Um, And then when the talking does pick up, you can tell just, like, a complete 180 difference. And it's just row and field hockey. Like, to talk is, like, if I have the ball, Melissa's behind me because she's the right back and I'm the right mid. And she's telling me, like, what I have, like, to send it up the line. If I have someone inside, it's kind of just constant, like, tell people what they have, like, where they should go. Always helping the people around you with positioning to just make sure everyone's in the right spot. Yeah, it's definitely just, like, the concept of, like, being a good teammate. And I actually play in between Rachel and Shaq. Shaq's, like, behind me as the deepest back, and Rachel's in front of me as the right mid. So both of them are just crucial to my game. Like, they're always talking to me, telling me what I have, and just keeping me calm under pressure. You know, this kind of going to sound like a really stupid question, but is it difficult to play with, like, a lot of talented players on a team because it, it's almost easy to just kind of set into, you know, being an individual, like like you said before? 
Um, yeah, there's definitely challenges. It's more of like a mental thing for a lot of people. So I th- in the locker room, that's like what like the most crucial part, like pregame to just snap everyone like back into like reality and just mm-hmm. be like, we're a team, we're working together out there, just go play as Rowan. And so like when we snap out of that mentality, it's very easy to get back into the game. I think we can kind of notice when we start to get, we're not composed because that's when everyone like, Everyone has the individual skills. Someone can dribble the ball all the way up the field, and then everyone else just kind of catches themselves ball watching. So, like, if that starts to happen, then we, like, connect together again and say, like, we need to use each other and play as a unit rather than just trying to do all the work individually. Yeah, whenever we get in, like, these high-pressure games, sometimes I feel like people think, oh, my gosh, like, I have to do it all myself. But, like, that's not the case. Like, we work best when we work as a team. And, like, even our team motto is, like, stronger together. So, like, whenever we're being frantic, we always just go back to that. And we're, like, we're stronger together. Let's use our talking, our passing, and that's what wins us games. So this is, like, my last unserious question for you guys. When they came in uh, the last time, it it was right before Halloween, they had just been dressed up in, in costumes or in stuff for practice. I was just curious, what what, what did you guys go as? Um, I was <laughs> I was the hash slinging slasher. Oh, okay. Jack definitely um, won best costume. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, was I wore like a, a cloak the entire practice. Did not take it off, even when I was sweating. Just... I stayed in character. character. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was great. Did you have like? D- didn't he have like forks out of, out of the clothes? <laughs> oh, this patch. <laughs> she so. had it. Oh, you had it. Mm-hmm. And it was in my sock the entire practice. <laughs> and then you were Dwight Schrute. Yeah, and then our second practice because Michelle didn't get the memo. We were dressing up <laughs> uh, for Friday practice. So on Monday practice, I was Dwight Schrute. Oh, I mean that, that's pretty pretty <laughs> that quick awesome, turnaround. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for the first practice, me, Melissa, and our friend Morgan were. Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> and then I was, me and Morgan were Oompa Loompas for the second practice. And then for the second practice, I was actually dressed up as one of my teammates, Aida Ingram. Uh, she's a goalie on our team. And she's also my roommate, so I just stole her clothes and I wore a goalie helmet, so that was fun. Uh, I mean, that sounds like something I would do because I'm <laughs> terrible with Halloween costumes. Uh-huh. So, like, usually I just, like, look at my closet. I'm like, all right, this, that's <laughs> that what I'm going to be that yeah, be this idea. year. Yeah, I picked it out, like, an hour before the practice. I was like, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. I kind of I like Christina's where she went as the, the bagel guy for my car. Oh, like, yeah, that was so really funny. good. And yeah. um, another girl on our team also came as that, and they yeah. had no communication. Oh, about really? That was yeah. great. So funny. Yeah. Oh, that's but one so had random. bagels and one had donuts. Yeah. I was hoping one of them would have done the tacos, but. Oh, my God. the pickles. <laughs> they're like they never had pickles. Like, <laughs> Tebow had pickles. All right, so I, I just want to you know leave it off here with, I um, mean yeah, I've, I've hammered this point mm-hmm. that you guys are heading to the NCAA's. You know once again congrats on just another tremendous season. You, you guys have been one of the elite programs at Rowan. Really happy to see you guys getting the Final Four here this year, and you know we're, we're really excited to see you guys play some more. W- what's the goal? Winning. Yeah, win, yeah. winning the Natty. The goal we is the <laughs> more and more wins. Yeah. Yes. But that's really we just need to play our best, put it all out there. And I what happens, happens. Yeah. I genuinely yeah. think we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all the teams that are here in the Sweet 16 right now, every team is skilled. Honestly, it's just what team gives the harder battle, the harder fight, I believe. Like, and I don't think we're going to let up at all. So I truly do think four more wins we can accomplish. Awesome. Well, that was Melissa Donaldson, Rachel Stone, and Julia Caviccio on the Rowan Sports Review for today. Thank you guys for coming in, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thank Thank you. you.
Another terrific interview from the man, the myth, the legend, Connor Brown, with Julia Caviccio, Rachel Stone, and Melissa Donaldson from the Rowan University field hockey team as they get set for their matchup in the NCAA tournament against Christopher Newport University. Make sure you're tuning into that game at 11 a.m. tomorrow, November 12th, versus the number 16-ranked Christopher Newport University. That'll just about do it for us here on the Rowan Sports Review. As always, special thanks to Connor Brown for helping with this week's edition. Looking to get more sports department members involved next week with a variety of interviews and packages here on the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and have a great rest of your weekend. You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.